This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Daryl Chutka, a general internist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Over the past decade, more individuals have been working remotely from home. However, the numbers have increased dramatically this past year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Working remotely does have several benefits. No more long commutes to and from work. You get to avoid the office politics with your coworkers. Usually gives you some flexibility in your work schedule and certainly gives greater availability of parking for those who are working on site. And actually, employers are happy with it because they've recognized greater productivity in those who work remotely. However, almost half of those who work remotely experience significant stress, anxiety, and occasionally even depression. Many gain weight because of decreased activity and snacking on high-calorie foods while they're working. Working remotely has also been associated with a variety of musculoskeletal problems, including low back and neck pain, as well as shoulder, extremity discomfort. With us today to discuss musculoskeletal problems due to remote working are Dr. Ed Laskowski, a physiatrist and sports medicine physician, and Dr. Corey Kunzer, a physical therapist and sports medicine therapy supervisor, both from the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at the Mayo Clinic. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Carol, pleasure to be here. Well, Ed, let's start with you. As I was reading about this topic and preparing for this podcast, one word kept coming up frequently, and that's the uh, term ergonomics. I have a good idea what it means, but for our listeners, why don't you describe what actually is workplace ergonomics? What does it mean? It's a great question, Daryl. It seems like a, a technical term, but basically it's our bodies fit to our workspace, how we fit in our workspace, and, and we want that fit to be optimal. What we have a saying when tissues are loaded, like muscle and joint, when they're loaded in an equal fashion, we usually never have a problem. When tissue is loaded in an unequal fashion, that's when we have a problem. Now that unequal fashion could be on the football field where we get a hit to the knee, but it also could be suboptimal postures and alignments. So with computers, a lot of things in our posture can stress muscles in the neck, upper back, shoulder region. So ergonomics is basically the science of, of fitting our, our bodies optimally to the workspace we're in. And I think COVID has really got us thinking about this more than we ever have, because uh, as you say, a lot of people were surprised by this. A lot, there have been people who work from home, but a lot of us didn't work from home before and now suddenly are. So we take a, a dining room table, we take our regular chair, and that's kind of our workspace. And, and all of a sudden we're noticing after a few weeks, boy, I got some pain in my neck, or boy, my, my wrist, my elbow sore. And, and those things may be due to suboptimal fit to your space. Mm -hmm. So when we're going into the workplace, especially a, a medical facility, uh, I suspect others have thought about office ergonomics and taking care of it for us. We never even think about it. Now we're at home and, uh, you know, we're, it's up to us. So what are the potential ergonomic problems that we could have at home? Just, you know, the broad specifics, then we'll get into the details a little bit later. Yeah, well, you know, one of the issues is we live in such a forward-placed world that a lot of what we do is in front of us. So the computer screens that we're at, our smartphones, our tablets, 
and they all keep going, getting us in that direction where we have our head flexed downward, our shoulders protracted forwards. Those positions over time, again, lead to unbalanced load to tissue. So virtually every day I see in my office people with neck pain. The neck is kind of like a golf ball on a tee. When that golf ball falls off the tee, we start putting a lot of stress and strain on those posterior muscles. So the cervical paraspinal muscles, the superior trapezius, and over time they get loaded. And I use the analogy oftentimes with patients. It's like if I asked you to hold a bowling ball in front of you for five minutes, that'd be pretty tough and that'd be pretty hard to do. If you brought it in close and tight, that'd be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Your head weighs more than a bowling ball. And when we get it off the axis of alignment, we're asking these cervical paraspinal and upper back muscles, the trapezius and all, to do the same thing. So those are some of the more common things that we see. It also predisposes to maybe a forward shoulder protracted posture where our shoulders kind of come forward. And that actually, we've done some studies that actually narrows the, well, the subacromial space where the rotator cuff lives. So over time, that can be a predisposing factor to rotator cuff problems. Hmm. And uh, I'm sure Corey will discuss later about the arms and the extremities. I mean, depending on how we're fit to that computer interface, we can get certain overload problems in our, our elbows and our forearms and our wrist even. Do you think this is more common as we get older? You know, I, I can get muscle strain so easily. In fact, just last week, I got a calf muscle pull running in a dream. It's happened so easy now. Is yeah. it age-related? Well, you know, there is something to that. As we age, connective tissue does lose some of its elasticity. So that, that is part of it. But I think, you know, and, and when we're younger, we get away with <laughs> errors that we make in, as far as our musculoskeletal system more. But the good news is if we can kind of do a few things to kind of prophylactically get that balance and that alignment in our posture and get that health in our tissues. I mean, our, our tissues also need to work over time. It's like an athlete. We need to prepare them for what they're going to do. So uh, we want our bodies to be prepared for what we're going to do, you know, either at the workspace. And we also want to keep them healthy just for because we are doing so much sitting. Uh, we don't want that to be a deleterious effect on our, on our whole body system. Mm -hmm. So in addition to neck discomfort, uh, what else are you seeing in physical therapy as a result of uh, remote home working? You've heard the saying that sitting is the new smoking. Well, and, and sedentary lifestyle is an independent risk factor for mortality now. So, and multiple studies have borne this out. So the more we sit, the more at risk we are. And that's a cardiovascular risk as well as a musculoskeletal risk. I mean, our tissues need blood flow, they need oxygen, they need the washout phenomena. If, if our muscle builds up toxic products, we need to wash those out. With a prolonged sedentary position, with a prolonged static posture, we sometimes have deleterious effects of ischemia. I almost term it, it's almost like a heart attack in the muscle. So the muscle's not getting the blood flow it needs, that's not healthy for the muscle that contributes to more byproducts that, that may cause some issues there. So there's a muscle problem, but also when we sit a lot, our heart system, our cardiovascular system suffers too. And multiple studies show that even if you get the our recommended amount of activities, 150 minutes of moderate activity per day uh, or per, per week, so about 30 minutes a day, five days a week, or if you're trying to lose weight or maintain a weight loss up to 300 minutes or an hour, five days a week, uh, even if you do that, but then you sit for six to eight hours, you are at increased metabolic risk. In essence, we have insulin sensitivity that's impaired. We have 
maybe lipid profiles again that are not suboptimal. Even though we do that recommended amount of activity in the day, we say movement is medicine and the more we move the better. And when we don't move, and sometimes again, COVID times and working at home, remote environments keep us more sedentary, that places a cardiovascular risk as well. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but um, in addition to working in a different location, we are more sedentary. I mean, many of us are doing more telehealth now instead of actually seeing patients. So we no longer you know, walk them to and from the desk or change offices. Uh, so a lot of our time is spent in a sedentary lifestyle now when it wasn't, I mean, there wasn't a lot of activity before, but it certainly was more than it is now. It's a great point. And I think that even short bouts of, you know, the, the little things we used to do maybe in a work environment, we go to talk to somebody or we go to the water cooler, we go eat lunch, the, all those are gone. And, and any activity adds up. Activity is cumulative throughout the day. So when we lose that amount and we're home maybe in one position for a long time, we need to find other ways of incorporating that movement into our day as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And just to kind of add on to that, Dr. Chaka, you know, like uh, Dr. Escoci is sharing, you know, movement's medicine. The absolute best medication you can take is exercise. So that is the best medication you can take. And I always often tell my patients, hey, motion is lotion. It's definitely something easy to remember. It rolls off the tongue, but it's absolutely true. We want to kind of move often, move frequently, and try to move the rest of our lives. Well, Corey, let's, let's talk about the specifics now, about how we can improve our workspace and make it more ergonomically uh, positive. What about a chair? What should we look for in a chair? Because I think a lot of us are just finding a kitchen chair or dining room chair and using that. Absolutely. And now Dr. Laskowski kind of referred to with a lot of us transitioning to teleworking very quickly. A lot of us, including myself, when I was kind of home doing some teleworking, I would just kind of find the couch. I would find a chair, a bar stool, and just kind of create a makeshift work environment that was not ideal ergonomically for myself or kind of to my setup. Like Dr. Laskowski said, the key, you know, with correct posture is balance. The key to a chair is you ideally want a chair where if you're sitting in a chair, you ideally want it so your feet are flat or you can rest your feet on the floor or a footrest. You want to ideally kind of avoid crossing your knees, crossing your ankles. Ideally, you want to maintain a small gap between the back of the chair and your knees on the chair. Ideally, you want to position your knees at the same height or slightly lower than your hips. So again, we don't want a chair too low, then your knees would be higher than your hips, or we don't want a chair too high where you're sitting, where you're sitting and not touching the floor or you're using something lower than your hips. So roughly about 90 degrees between your hip angle and your knee angle. Ideally, you want to keep the shoulders generally relaxed so we're not too, too tight and, and high up. And ideally kind of keeping the um, elbow and the forearms at a roughly a parallel angle uh, to the floor when possible. How about a hard chair versus padding? Does that make a difference? Absolutely. Obviously, kind of with padding, you may kind of sink in. And just like when I sit on my couch sometimes at the end of the day, I find myself kind of leaning back, kind of slouching, you know, kind of leaning into something that's kind of comfortable, you know, with it. There's some things like that with the padding of a chair that's a little bit up to personal preference. So sometimes people will prefer, you know, kind of something more firm, kind of think it's similar to your bed at night, right? Some people prefer kind of more a firm bed versus, uh, you know, a softer bed. So it's definitely some personal preference to that. So I personally don't feel strongly if it's more of a, of a hard chair versus something that is, you know, a little bit softer. Now, similarly, Dr. Laskowski mentioned, you may be sitting in that chair for five, six, eight, ten 10 hours a day. And if it's something really hard, it can definitely put a little additional pressure sometimes on your sits bone, your ischial tubercles. And that could always cause a little bit of irritation 
um, in that area where sometimes something that has a more padding or, or cushiony could be a little bit more comfortable. Hmm. How about the desk? What should we look for in the right height for a desk? Yeah, that's a great question. Most people kind of want a desk that's maybe somewhere between 72 to 75 centimeters in height, depending on, on their size, um, you know, with it. Ideally with the desk, you want it so if your elbows are at the side, your elbows are probably roughly 90 to 100 degrees elbow bend, and the keyboard is straight out in front of you. You want it so you don't have to reach the keyboard, but also you're not kind of, you know, pulling back to the keyboard. You want the desk then so it's enough space. So also maybe the screen then is maybe roughly about 40 to 75 centimeters from your face, from your eyes. And you roughly want that screen to be maybe kind of right at your eye level or just slightly below your eye level. You don't want it so you're looking up because that'll put a little stress on your neck all day or you don't want it where you're looking down too far. So that makes using a laptop maybe not the most ergonomic way to do this because uh, I mean if you're most laptops are rather small and I think we end up looking down more often than anything else. Absolutely I agree that um, now first of all laptops are incredibly convenient and I want to emphasize that we can absolutely use laptops because we have to get in these positions. So we need to get in numerous positions for our entire life and all activities we do. So we can absolutely use a laptop we don't want a laptop to probably be the primarily the only mechanism that, you know, that we use for a prolonged period of time. We want a proper ergonomic setup if we're going to be doing something for, you know, hours at a time. I know I was doing some telehealth for Mayo and um, I was using my little laptop, which is great for travel because it's nice and small. But using that with clinical work, it was really difficult. Uh, not, I know this is a little out of your field, but even my eyes are having trouble reading the tiny little print. So I got this enormous monitor that Mayo sent me. It's, it's like an IMAX theater now. It's, it's, it's much, much easier with a larger monitor. Absolutely. How about the mouse? Is that important? It is important. I mean, you know, you want the mouse, again, at a similar level, again, not where you have to reach, you know, kind of out for it. Normally for all of us, we put the mouse on our dominant hand. So, you know, for me, I have it on my right side. So normally it's kind of your dominant hand is for it. What I encourage people to do is actually try out different keyboards, try out different mo uh, mouse types. Some people like um, kind of more that split keyboard or that ergonomic keyboard, mm -hmm. because sometimes that definitely can um, put you in a little different position. I got to be honest, doctor, I have trouble using it. I, I maybe should have taken more typing classes in high school but I'm definitely a little bit more, kind of a little bit more line of sight. So I have trouble kind of transitioning, um, you know, over to that. And some people like uh, kind of the normal mouse, some people like more of a track mouse. So I think I encourage people to kind of, you know, try out different keyboards, try different mouse types if you have the ability to, to really see just what is more comfortable and what works best for you. Yeah, I've noticed that many of the uh, transcriptionists and secretaries use those split keyboards and uh, they're quite happy with them. But I'm like you, I, I have to sometimes look at what I'm doing. I cheat a little bit and that makes it harder when your keyboard's split and you got to move your hand off to the other side. Absolutely. I used to have a standing workstation. What's your opinion on those? I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, I think again, we, you know, like Dr. Laskowski kind of, you know, kind of refers to movement as medicine. So it's nice to be able to change positions throughout the day. It's about balance. And again, if we're in one position for a long period of time, we might develop some bad habits. Again, you know, when we get tight in the hip flexors, we might get a little bit of impingement in the shoulders. Um, you might kind of develop a little bit of that forward posture like Dr. Escoso was referring to. If you have the ability to do a sit-stand work desk, I think that's fantastic. So every so often you can transition to a standing and go back to a sitting. So I think that's a fantastic option. 
I think what you said there is key in that um, the sit and stand. I think you need a combination. I, I had a standing workstation, and, and the rare days that I had eight hours of administrative time, I'd be standing still the whole eight hours, and then I'd get more discomfort in my back than if I were sitting. But I found that by combining sitting and standing, uh, that's, that seemed to work the best. Absolutely. I, I think even taking a, a break, you know, and really almost if you have a fitness watch or something or just like a, some kind of monitor where every 30 minutes, you can actually just take a two to three, it doesn't have to be dramatic, but, but maybe a two to three minute walk around, just, just kind of stretching your muscles, getting up, moving around, getting blood flow going, oxygen going. That's a good thing too. And, and the more that we do that throughout the day, we prevent that ischemia, that prolonged static posturing even that can occur. Even just if, even if we're in the same space, it's nice to get out of the space. It's nice for our eyes to see different distances too, um, to kind of, kind of recalibrate there. And so I, I think it, kind of planning that. And if we don't plan it sometimes, if we don't have a little monitor where it's a little bit of an alarm sometimes, oh man, it's been an hour and a half, I haven't, I haven't moved. So it, sometimes it's nice to have those little reminders to do that. Mm -hmm. Corey, can you come up with any exercises that we could do maybe while we're sitting at our desk throughout the day? Absolutely. So some exercises I'd recommend doing throughout the day would be one, where you're just doing like a chin tuck or a, a chin retraction. So you're going here and sometimes we can just kind of develop over time a more of a forward head posture. So it'd be trying to pretend like there's a string on your head, just try to sit nice and tall. And then just try to kind of work on just getting your chin back. So hopefully you have that good alignment that Dr. Oskos was referring to in the beginning of our conversation. Also with your shoulders, you wanna keep them relaxed, but work on your shoulders to bring your scapulars back. So kind of think of your back muscles, just trying to kind of pull your shoulder blades together to open your chest up. Other exercises that would be great to do, doctor, throughout the day would be with your legs. If you're sitting with your legs on the floor, try bringing your toes up and your heels up. So you're going back and forth, doing some toe taps and heel taps. We could also transition that doing some marching. So you're just raising your right leg up a couple inches off the ground and raising your left leg up a couple inches off the, couple inches off the ground and going back and forth. We can also do some knee extension. So when you're sitting here, just attack your take, take your right leg and try to straighten it and then bend it back and try to do it on the opposite side. If you stand up, you can take some breaks by leaning forward to stretch your back and stretch your hamstring muscles and also arching backwards just to open up your chest and bend backwards. You can also do some rotations. So I'm just gonna stand in one place and I'm just gonna try to rotate my body to the right and then rotate my body to the left. Again, the key with this is balance. So if we're sitting in one position for a prolonged period of time, that's what can help get us out of balance. So throughout the day, we wanna do some exercises to help maintain balance throughout the day. To take the concept of a standing workstation even further, I know some of my colleagues have rigged up a system where they can put a, a laptop on a, a treadmill. So they can work while they're walking. Uh, what's your thoughts about that? Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. Um, again, you know, we want to keep moving. As again, movement is medicine. Ideally, you want to get everything again at the right height, um, you know, with it. And we do have some options for some walking, uh, you know, workstations. I think it's fantastic, you know, kind of option just to kind of keep moving um, throughout the day. We definitely want to kind of make sure you're safe. So we obviously want to make sure that someone, you know, isn't likely to step off the treadmill or to, um, you know, fall or, or kind of injure their, you know, you know, twist their ankle, you know, at, at the same time. But I definitely think it's a nice option for, for people that have the availability. What, what are your thoughts on that, Dr. Laskowski? 
I agree, Corey. Uh, the, the problem with them is sometimes the, the treadmill desks are, are quite expensive and the deck is designed to keep you low speed so that you can do computer work while you're walking a bit. And as Corey said, the most important thing is, is lining up that alignment of, of how you're working in a, in a standing or walking position as well. So, so if we're walking, but we're also in the poor posture, you know, that may not be as good. So sometimes that option, you know, it's, it's great if you have access to it, but it's, sometimes it's, it's harder to get those things. And the, the, the walking treadmills are designed to be at that low speed where some of the, if we try and take a regular treadmill and just make it a, a walking treadmill, it's a little difficult because the pace has to be really slow to be enabled to do that computer work. So if your company has those or you have access to those, it could be a wonderful option. But as Corey said, there's so many other things we can get our movement uh, at the desk itself. We can take those breaks. If you go on mailclinic.org, uh, also we have a, if you just search for office stretches, uh, we have a, a portfolio of stretches too that you can do as Corey demonstrated, it kind of builds on those in a, in a seated environment. So the more we can do those, the better. Touch Kuska, I've had some patients that have utilized like a portable stepper underneath their desk or a portable mini version of like a, a lower body um, bicycle. Have you had any patients kind of utilize those or what are your thoughts on those? That's an excellent point, Corey, too. That's a great way, again, of getting some movement in. And in our department, actually, we had uh, purchased some of these and we rotate them around between our staff. As you can imagine, a lot of our secretaries in the cubicles, they do. I mean, their, their job really is a, a lot of sedentary uh, sitting all day. So the more they can get that movement at their workspace. And again, I don't think there's an evidence-based study on them, but people seem to like them a lot. They're, it just gives you something to do while you're doing it. It kind of gets the upper body out of the mix while you're, so you can be stable and working at the computer with your upper body while still your legs are getting the movement and getting good blood flow and, and good conditioning. So yeah, it's, and, and a lot of those are, are really quite inexpensive. So it's a really nice way of, of getting something that you can do that works big muscles in the legs and provides increased blood flow and all and movement uh, while, you're still, while you're still doing your computer work. Well, I think the pandemic has forced us to look at and learn a lot of things we hadn't even thought of in the past. And whoever would have thought of looking at home ergonomics? I mean, we didn't really need it but it is very important. Let's finish up by uh, summarizing what this discussion has been about. Ed, why don't you start? Maybe give one or two points uh, of importance that you uh, commented on. Daryl, I think just as Corey has been pointing out, just optimal posture and alignment. That old phrase again, we want tissue to be loaded in a balanced fashion. We don't wanna have any imbalances about the head, the neck region, the shoulder region the back, um, you don't be slouching that when, when everything is lined up, as you can imagine, if there's gravity pulling down, if everything's balanced as far as that load, usually things go great. So we want to strive for that in our workspace. So we want to take the time really to make sure we consider those recommendations Corey provided and how we fit to our workspace. And as you say, COVID, sometimes we just, we just, hey, we got to do this now. We, we, we have a setup that was just very makeshift. Uh, but if we're going to be working this way for a while, it's nice to take the time to see how we're fit to our workspace better and following those recommendations that Corey provided. And, and even despite that, I think even uh, having those optimal dimensions and fit, uh, I think also moving, keeping moving. So as Corey pointed out, moving while you're at your space, there's ways to do that that we've discussed. And also just taking breaks and, and getting our large muscle groups involved. Doesn't have to be long, but just throughout the day keeps us fresher, keeps us more mentally alert too as well. 
And to jump onto that, um, you know, Dr. Chuck, I agree 100%. If we can do proper setup in the beginning, it's like the old saying goes, you know, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So if we can do anything in the beginning to just to get proper setup, I think it'll kind of help us in the long run. So again, just remember that balance is key, getting that proper setup kind of early on, that, you know, movement is medicine, and that, you know, motion is lotion. We've been discussing musculoskeletal problems associated with working remotely with Dr. Ed Laskowski, a sports medicine physician, and Dr. Corey Kunzer, a physical therapist, both from the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at the Mayo Clinic. Gentlemen, thank you for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. You can now listen to over 100 different medical topics developed for primary care providers on Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts. Find them at ce.mayo.edu or your favorite podcasting app. If you've enjoyed Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts, please subscribe. Stay healthy and see you next week.